Are you a teacher who's feeling stressed out and overwhelmed? Do you worry that you're feeling symptoms of burnout? (laughs) Or are you sure you've already gotten there? Have you started to dream of doing some other kind of job or perhaps pursuing a whole different career? But you don't know what else you're even qualified to do? You don't know how to start a job search? You just feel stuck? If that sounds like you, I promise you're not alone. My name is Kitty Boytnot. I'm a career transition and job search coach, and I specialize in helping burnout teachers just like you deal not only with the stress and overwhelm of your day-to-day job, but to consider what other careers might be out there waiting for you. Join me for Teachers in Transition. In some episodes, I'll be speaking to stress management techniques and how you can manage your stress on a day-to-day basis. In other episodes, I'll be talking about career transition. What tools do you need to be successful in a job search when you're moving from one career into a totally different track? These are questions that you need answers to, and I can help you find those answers. My name is Kitty Boytnot. Welcome to Teachers in Transition. Welcome back to an episode, uh, this is episode 31 of Teachers in Transition, and today I've got a very special guest. We're going to deviate just a little bit from our normal routine by having a guest, uh, Becky Berry of Becky Berry Career Coaching. Uh, Becky and I have been friends for a number of years. We first uh, sort of joined up together when we were working for a mutual friend of ours and a mentor, another career coach. And then we went our separate ways, but we've continued to be Facebook friends and to stay yeah. in touch throughout the years. And by now it's been at least five years, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It's been exactly five years. So Becky, I know you're located in the Georgia area. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we resonated together over was the fact that we were both former educators turned career coach, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your teaching background before you became a coach, and then we'll talk about your coaching. Okay. Well, it kind of goes with the coaching, which is kind of interesting. I was only a teacher for five years. I went into teaching when I was... 48, I think, 48, which meant whenever somebody came in my classroom, they thought I'd been teaching forever, right? Mm-hmm. So what happened was I needed, um, I needed benefits because my son had cancer. So I had been a full-time volunteer at my son's school. Mm-hmm. I called the principal. I said, I need a job. And he says, call me on Wednesday. I call him on Wednesday. He goes, you're going to be a special ed parapro. And I went, swallowed really hard and went, okay, what do I need to do? And he told me, and then I hung up the phone. I called my sister, who's a teacher. I said, Susie? Special Ed Parapro, she goes, you've got this one. I'm like, okay, okay. So I was a Special Ed Parapro. My first teacher who is, was a mentor throughout my five-year career said, um, you need to get your master's degree so you can teach. This was all in 2008, mm-hmm. right? The absolute worst time to become a teacher, <laughs> right? Um, in 2008, and I was off to the races. I didn't, I didn't know that I had a gift for working with kids with with special needs. I did the behavior children. Mm-hmm. I did the ADD kids. I did the explosive kids. And 
I loved it. You know, I, re I really did. I hated teaching. I hated the system because I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I can deliver curriculum, whatever, but I'm a coach. And my goal was always for my children to be able to take a risk and to feel confident in themselves as much as they were in their skills. And at the end of my career, my very final evaluation is one I will forever be pr proud of. And, and this is what my clients tell me too, is my principal writes down, he's, we're in a classroom with my fifth grade boys who read at a first grade level and we're doing stuff. And at the end, you know, he writes on the thing, he goes, Mrs. Berry's students aren't afraid to take a risk. Oh. And I was like, well, my work here is done. There you go. If I have these young men, I mean, they're, they're turning into young men, they're 11 years old and they're, they're not afraid to answer a question. They're, they'll put it out there. Then, you know, that's everything I've done. Just the same thing I do with my clients when I think about it. But I like people who are different. I liked, I liked figuring out how to, I didn't even have to figure out how to reach them. I just kind of knew how to reach all the different kids I had. And it was great until it wasn't. Yeah. Until it wasn't. You want me to tell you, tell why I leave, why I left? Yes, do tell us why you decided to. And this is going to resonate with just about anybody listening to this. And I know with you, Kitty. So I was working inside of an abusive system. It was abusive to teachers. I'm not saying anything. Anybody here doesn't know. Still is. Oh, worse. Yeah. It's worse. Five years, six years later. Um, and I couldn't, have, I couldn't impact it. Mm -hmm. I would go in a, since I do behavior kids, everybody, of course, in the school knows me, right? And they're like, Becky, come in here and talk to me about this, that, and the other. And I would be in a classroom with, with a first or second year teacher who are like unbelievably great teachers. And they get those evaluations based on, yes, a four-point scale. How valid is no middle? Just asking. Um, and they would think they were bad teachers. I just couldn't, I couldn't stay. And concurrently, my husband passed away. And Teaching is always high energy, it's exhausting, whatever. But when you are restraining children day in and day out, running after the kids who elope from the classroom, when you're doing those things and you built that career on having somebody at home that helped you reset and that's gone, that was it. I was done. I just said, I'm done. So as soon as the sheets came out, I think they came out in February of that year, about what you were going to do next year came out, I asked, I told my principal, I said, I'm leaving. How fast do you want this? He's like, but what are you going to do? I'm like, I have no idea, but it'll be there. But I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And he goes, Becky, are you sure? I'm like, yes, I'm sure. So in February, I gave him, you know, the thing so he could fill my special ed slot, which is super hard to fill, of course. And um, I was done. And I had no idea what I was going to do. So what did you do? What led you to what you're doing now? I didn't even know what a career coach was. I was walking with a girlfriend one day after school. We're at the mall. I'm getting my, you know, getting my 10,000 steps in. And I had just been to see my, my kids in, um, in Boston. And we were talking about startups because my husband and I had done startups in the eighties and all kinds of stuff. And my son goes, you should be a, you know, you should have your own startup, whatever. And I get those words out of my mouth. And Christina goes, you, sh you should, you should have your own startup. You should be a career coach. Da, 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 da. And I went, okay, you're right. I should. No idea of what it was, <laughs> but I knew I could coach. I mean, I had never applied coach to me. Right. 
but really that's how I moved through the world. So that's how I came to be a career coach. Had my next client, my first client conversation was on February 11th. I had my first client in June and I've been doing it ever since. And somewhere two years in there, I got a certification. <laughs> Wasn't in a rush. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's interesting that we made similarly um, on the outside looking in impulsive mm -hmm. decisions to leave prematurely before other people thought we were done, but we knew in our hearts. Mm -hmm. I certainly knew in my heart going oh, yeah. back was not an option. And it's now and and of course with your husband passing away, that's a major life change. Yep. That you have to adjust your whole life around. And as as sad and tragic a loss as that is, uh, in, in my case, I'm divorced. Uh -huh. And I was married to um, a, a wonderful individual who had a mental disease, a disorder. Mental yeah disorder he was he was diagnosed after we were married mm -hmm. as having um, bipolar disorder and I also later suspected that he was borderline personality yeah he had a lot of a lot of those characteristics and mm -hmm. traits. but those kinds of experiences also don't you think add to the depth of our ability to empathize with other people wherever they happen to be in their own lives. And that because we've, we've had to deal with major change and in some cases tragedies that we're able to show people that it is possible to move through those and become successful on the other end. Yeah, it is. And I, I never, I, I never think about that when I talk to prospects and I just had one on the phone before yeah. I, we did this interview and I don't, I don't, think about it I always talk about the business part yeah. because you know yeah. this is my this is my seventh or eighth career depending on how I count it mm -hmm. so you know I'm not afraid of change which which means when I coach people through change it's different than somebody who's always been in in a career to you know a lot of a lot of people our mutual friend came out of human resources no I, I don't come out of of working with a group of people that are in a company I come out of changing all the time, figuring out what I'm going to do next, making new connections, um, that evolution that I like to talk about. I, I, I forbid my clients from using the word reinvention. Oh, really? Okay. It's dismissive of all that went before you. Well, see, I, re re I, refer to my, I refer to myself as having reinvented and retooled. I, I would take retooled and evolve because reinvented always feels to me like that that what came before gets kind of set aside when in fact it's what propels us forward so that's kind of well, that's, that's just my way i've worked exactly. through it so i'll i'll have to take that into consideration and yeah think about a different way to, to present what i did yeah. i definitely retooled yeah I have, have thought of myself as uh having reinvented with that said i do tell people I'm still teaching. I'm just te teaching a different curriculum to a different group of students. Right, right. And you know, I, I, my friends take my teacher friends take exception when I say I wasn't a good teacher. I wasn't a great teacher. But that's not my thing. My thing is coaching. My thing is not delivering a curriculum. My thing is digging deep and figuring out how you want to use all these skills that are so devalued 
how you want to use those to go forward to the life that, you know, to the life and the work that you want. Right. Well, I think the best teachers are also always coaches at heart. Right. They're coaches, they're mentors. They see something in somebody else that that person doesn't necessarily see in themselves. Right. And as coaches, we help them to see it and then mm-hmm. to nurture it and then to use that, whatever it, it is, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that essence uh, in, a, in a new way of presenting themselves to the world. I like the way, yeah, I like the way you describe that. The other thing I'd like for you to talk about is um, the, and I've forgotten exactly how you put it, so it's got something to do with not being done yet. So talk, oh, talk yeah, my new podcast is called She's Not Done Yet. That's yeah, the one. Yeah, talk, I, I, talk I about you. that. Well, I'm, I'm 62, and I'm not done yet. I don't know that I'll ever be done. And in this society, we're pretty much done after we're 35. You know, people, people tend to discount women after they're 35 when, in fact, we get so much smarter and wiser and have so much more to offer every year that goes by that it's just a shame. So I, that's, that's like, I guess it's kind of the core of my coaching too. You know, people, people come in and they're like not getting traction in their job search or whatever. And they're in their fifties. And it's, uh, I, I like to say to them, you you don't have to be done yet. We've just got to figure out how to, how to, what you want to use going forward um, and, and develop that into what you want to do next. So on my podcast, I talk to women over 50 who aren't done yet, all kinds of different people. And that's the word I want to spread out there. I'm, I'm really dedicated to bringing the voice of older women mature women back into the conversation. And interestingly enough, the people who are most interested in hearing this voice are women in their thirties. Interesting. Right. In their fifties, but women in their thirties. Right. So it works on both sides. I I collaborate with a lot of women in their thirties on their businesses. And in my office, I have, I have people here. So it's really important. We used to call it the voice of the crone. Uh You know, a lot of people hear crone and they think dried up old woman, but we know what kind of person drew those pictures and they weren't women. Um, So this is the voice that has raised generations of people that have have affected change, civil rights, all of the things that all came from voices of crones. And I'm, I'm just bringing it back in a very deliberate and thought out way. I love it. I love it. It's stories. It's not, there's not, a real agenda to my, to my um, podcast. It's a conversation that just takes us places because that's where the learning is. That's where people get things they can hook onto and go, Oh, I've done that. Mm -hmm. I've stayed home. I've gone back. I've had this happen. And I, I think there's, there's a giant hole in the conversation. Well, as someone who just turned 67 last week, I know for myself, I'm not done. I've still got right. a way to go before I'm going to consider being done. Um, yeah. And so I certainly <clears throat> resonate with that message as well. So who would be your ideal client, Becky? Who, who are the folks that are looking to work with you and that you really love working with? I like working with women. 35 to 60, 
and that's literally who comes to me plus men men come to me too although every bit of my marketing is to women who are trying to figure out what's next some of them are still working some of them have been taken like a like a reti uh, early retirement package or something for a company and they're, and they're just not done and they might have been at that company no kidding here 20 25 years haven't interviewed don't have any idea of how to figure out what they want to do next and that's what we do we, we work through it I have a I have a program and a strategy that's that's very flexible and useful and I like to say job search today is targeted sophisticated and nuanced and my strategy addresses all those pieces so at the end they have a very full organic picture of who they are what they want to do and how they want to do it that's terrific and how would people get in touch with you if they decided they wanted to check you out and work with you you can find me anywhere on any platform with becky berry coach and it's berry with an e so i'm on i'm on facebook linkedin berry b-e-r-r-y yeah <laughs> so that's that's how you find find me I also have another podcast called uniquely brilliant which uh -oh. we are we are coming back we're coming back my my podcast co-host moved to ohio and we hadn't talked in over a year and we we reunited at a podcast conference last week in atlanta and we're recording a new episode on friday so you can find me also if you look uniquely brilliant zones um it's on itunes google play and soundcloud and so, the other podcast one more time is she's not done yet She's not done yet. Is it also on iTunes? And not yet. And not yet. Yeah. That's coming in November. That's yeah. coming in November. I'm, I'm, I've made some major changes to it. So I'm reworking some of the episodes. So that'll be coming in November. I also have a newsletter because I write a lot of blogs, post and things and share a lot of information uh, with my list. And you can find that on my, on my website, BeckyBerryCoach.com. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Becky, it's terrific catching up with you again, and uh, I appreciate you carving out some time this morning to chat with me and to share with my audience. And uh, with that said, I think I'll wind up for today saying thank you to anybody who's been listening to the podcast, Teachers in Transition. If you have any questions, please shoot them to me at kittyboytnot at gmail if you'd like to reach out to becky please feel free to do that and uh, as always please consider subscribing to the podcast or to the youtube channel where you'll also find a video of this uh, forgot you were doing a video yeah we we are doing a video <laughs> for for the youtube channel which is also teachers in transition and uh and and offer a review i'd love to hear from you and on that note, I'll say goodbye for now. Becky, hang on. So there you have it, an episode of Teachers in Transition. I hope you enjoyed the information, and I hope you'll plan to come back. Please subscribe to Teachers in Transition so that you can be alerted of future episodes. And let me know if you have any questions or topics that you would like me to specifically cover in a future episode. I'm more than happy to help with individual questions as well. So email me at kittyboytnot at boytnotcoaching.com. If you are interested in finding a new career or just enjoying your life more, 
This is the place to start. I'm Kitty Boytnot, and this is Teachers in Transition.